officials in Scotland announced yesterday that new lockdown measures will be implemented to stop the spread of the newer and more infectious strain of the coronavirus, which means citizens there will now have to conduct all drunken fistfights over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me, we have another Gavi Award to give out later in the oh, show. Oh, I haven't even heard about this one, so that's fantastic. We will be talking about the new mutation of the COVID, not the British version, but the South African version, which has scientists very scared. Now, uh, if we were to ban uh, travel from South Africa, would that make me racist and xenophobic? Just out of curiosity. Um, so we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. If you're interested in those Senate races, uh, one race decided, Democrat won. Uh, the, the blonde lady lost to the black p- preacher. <laughs> if you're barely following it like me. A man and a woman. A man and a woman. Uh, the other race is still too close to call. So, yeah, And it's a big it's... deal because if they both go to the Democrats, Democrats control the Senate. And all the Re- committees. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. There you go. Oh, Lord. Uh, we're going to talk to Gary Dietrich about that in about half an hour, so stay tuned for that. Interestingly, uh, conservative columnist Ross Douthat, who's uh, he's kind of a he's a mainstreamy Republican guy, kind of establishment Republican, some of you hate people like that, uh, which is fine. You he, was hate fairly, you want. he was fairly supportive of Trump, though. He was. He yeah. was for a very long time. Um, and and he, uh, he published a, a column yesterday that was uh, interesting. He was hoping that the two incumbent GOP senators lost their runoffs, handing Democrats control of the Senate and unified control of the federal government. Here's what he said. And we'll just touch on this, maybe hit it later. But the sense that there is a real political cost to slavishly endorsing not just Trump, but also his fantasy politics, his narrative of stolen victory, seems a necessary precondition for the separation that elected Republicans need to seek between their position and the soon-to-be former presidents if they don't want him to just claim the leadership of their party by default. Mm. Defeat for two Republicans who've cynically gone along with the president's stolen election narrative to the point of attacking their own state's Republican run electoral system feels like a plausible place for the diminishment of trump to start now that's a lot of fancy pants words because he's one of them beltway intellectuals but what he's saying is if these people had won echoing some of the highly questionable trump theories yeah, trump would have lothgar the the uh the blonde-haired woman the current senator she said she was gonna vote no on the on the whole electoral college results yeah that's crazy it, it is but, crazy. Yeah. Um, and so what Duthat is saying is that uh, if that had happened, if they'd both won echoing that stuff, then Trump would remain the, uh, you know, the Wizard of Oz behind the curtains sure. of the Republican Party. Of course. TFN. And these people lose, and now we can, we conservatives, Republicans can move on to the future, whatever that is. Now, uh, some of you, Tucker Carlson last night just brought the fire. He was talking about. You know, oh, great, we're going to make the world safe for Mitt Romney and Nikki Haley, who just, you know, are slaves to Wall Street and don't give a damn about working people and the Trump agenda and elevating uh, middle Americans and the rest of it. It's just about the elite. And, you know, he's got a point. That's just fine. You know, I'm, I would, I, I can't be a Democrat for obvious reasons, policy-wise, but I tell you what, I, uh, that's a Republican coat. It's yeah, it's a little tight in the chest, and one of the arms is too long, the other one's too short. I'm not very comfortable with the Republican Party right now either. And I, I'm, there are a lot of people that share that opinion. I couldn't, in a couple of sentences, tell you which either party stands for. So, well, and as we've pointed out in the past, and it's such an enormous point, 
um, and so important. And I feel kind of stupid that it hadn't dawned on me earlier, but every uh, presidential cycle, which is beginning, oh, it's already begun. 2024 is on, everybody. Let's start talking about it, huh? Uh, but every presidential cycle, we go through this really ill-conceived and unwise system for coming up with a nominee. <laughs> then whatever that nominee thinks, that's the party's platform, which is which is nuts. Doesn't the party have a platform? Don't you have a set of beliefs already? And then you figure somebody who's going to carry the banner most effectively. It's bass backwards and it's dumb. But anyway, in news that doesn't matter, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are getting a divorce. Did you see that? What? I hate to see that happen. I hate to see anybody get divorced. I do too. It's, it's a if painful they can't thing. Make it work. What chance do we? Have? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 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 actually semi interesting. Now, Kanye, you know, he's played a role in politics here, so I'm I'm justifying bringing you this story uh, through that. But yeah, it's a little thin. But go ahead. <laughs> she she is kind of tired of his uh, crazy person. You know, one day is this, one day is that act, which I can see how that would wear you out. She's serious about taking the bar exam and becoming a lawyer and work, continuing to work for all the prison reforms. Kim Kardashian is going to law school. If I look at their growth as people over the last several decades, Kim Kardashian has is way outlapped Kanye, who is essentially who he was a decade ago. And Kanye himself has become increasingly uncomfortable and irritated by the whole Kardashians over-the-top reality star lifestyle, which sure. will wear you out also. He's completely well, especially over. his his brain's a little volatile already without that pressure. Uh huh. So he found the whole their lives being a, ri- a reality show all the time unbearable, which I I would too. Uh, maybe figure this out before you have a kid, huh? I don't know. Uh so uh, is she? Because I I'm so off put by the Kardashian thing, I can't even watch it. Ironically, is she a, a dumb girl or does she just kind of play one on TV? I my I don't know, but my. Th- Theory has always been you don't actually you don't accidentally end up incredibly wealthy, right? Nobody just because you got big boobies and a big bottom. I, I think I think there's got to be some pretty serious savvy going on there to pull that off for all yeah. those people that have that have pulled that off. Yeah, it's interesting. She's going to go to law school herself when she could hire a building full of lawyers, you know, to do the grunt work. But well, I'm all for personal growth. My mom got her uh, master's of divinity in her fifties. I've always admired her very cool. much for that. Yeah, she did some work actually with Trump on getting people, uh, innocent, quote unquote, innocent people out of prison and yeah. commuted sentences and stuff like that. She's taken an active role in a lot of that. So, uh, speaking of the law in our, our former home of Charlotte, North Carolina, the big news is a North Carolina law that passed governing delivery robots. They're thinking the, the Charlotte observers, uh, they outline how, uh, Especially after COVID, coinc- or during COVID, hell, after, please. Uh, during COVID and with the technology developing pretty quickly, they're going to be delivery robots very, very soon. And North Carolina has stepped up and gotten ahead of the robot scourge to regulate it. What do we and, mean by robot? Do we mean driverless cars that come to your house and then uh, drop something off? or All sorts of something stuff. Something with saws for hands? What do we... <laughs> <laughs> now, why do you have saw hands if you're dropping off my athlete's foot powder, Sean? Me. So, on the robot thing, did you watch the latest robot video from Boston Electronics? Is that what the that company Boston, Boston Dynamics. Dynamics. Boston yeah. Dynamics with the robots dancing. They're dancing now? Oh, you haven't seen oh, that one. That happened over gosh. Christmas. we got to post that. But I saw a still shot of it, yeah. The, 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 the whole video is something. And it's amazing how some people watch it and thought it was cute, and 
a lot of people watching it were immediately terrified, including my own children. Mm. Um, and it was, it was them dancing to the do the mashed potato, do the twist, that that, and they're and the robots are dancing and they're great dancers, as I tweeted out. They're seriously better dancers than I am. <laughs> but I feel like these companies are trying to put as cute a face on these robots as possible because we all are just intuitively inherit inherently frightened of these things. I would agree. It's terrifying. And so they're trying to make him kid. Oh, look, it's doing the twist. That And that it's not going to use its saw hands to pluck out my eyes. <laughs> well, it would use its saw hands to, to, you know, cut off your limbs. Yeah. It would, use its, it would use its hooked tongue to pluck out your eyes. Yeah, after using your recently sawed off limbs to pummel you with. <laughs> right. He, Shawnee knows nothing about robots. <laughs> it would never do that. Look at it. It's dancing. It's doing the twist. I came across another uh, piece. I was trying to decide whether I could, uh, could successfully translate it on the radio, but it was, I can't remember which lab is working on these robotic dogs, and they call them dogs. They're four-legged something or others. The they dog, look like dogs. The dog from uh, the Boston company dances with them, too. You're watching the dancing video, yeah, Sean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you, do you think it's cute or terrifying? No, this is all terrifying. <laughs> But I've watched science fiction movies my whole life, so I know how this ends, because those are based in The dog is dancing, and again, that gets to my point, what you're just saying. I think they're trying to make these things cute, so we'll accept them. There's no reason for it to be anything like a dog. It's not. It's got four legs because it's sturdier, and then it uses its head as a a way to grip things, open doors, lift things, etc., yeah, yeah. So this uh, this video and uh, this article was uh, describing how this robot dog, uh, they were conducting experiments where they were having it walk, having it run, then having it walk on gravel, on ice, then knocking it down, then knocking it down in a different it's way. It's going to remember and, that. Well, <laughs> well <laughs> you knocked me down, actually, here comes my handsaw. <laughs> my paw saw. You're absolutely right, Sean. It is remembering it. That's the point. This technology, and it's a, it's an unholy alliance between some Chinese university and I think the University of Edinburgh, but in Scotland, but they don't have to write the code line by line for how to overcome it if you're knocked down from the right and behind. What they have is sensors in the unholy mechanical beast that reports back to the computers um, all right, it got hit from the left rear and knocked down. Here's everything that happened, and here's how it righted itself. So it's teaching itself. Well, that's the singularity. To get back up again. That's the singularity. That's that's the moment where a lot of people believe it all changes. We're in trouble well, when they when they can learn. Exactly. It's certainly getting close. Now, there are humans who are running these experiments and running the computers and the rest of it. There still is a flesh and blood liaison between the robot beast and the computers and then back again. But that's only a matter of time before that's over. And then yeah. it's only a matter of time before we're over. We, exactly. We'll link the dog dancing, the, the, the robot dancing video, which includes a robot dog, because it's, it's worth watching. And do you think it's cute or terrifying? Right. Text us, 415-295-KFTC, or email mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Hey, Sean, my, uh, my vicious robot dogs, mm-hmm. uh, they're gonna have, they're gonna be like a pit bull with a head at both ends. <laughs> oh my God, it's terrifying! <laughs> I know it! Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Let's talk about the new strain of the COVID here in just a second. Um, we have posted the video of the robots dancing uh, as they constantly show us, you know, how good the robots are getting. And uh, at armstrongandgetty.com. Is there anybody that welcomes that information? Even my kids, who I thought, you know, they won't think about the global implications or of the, the economy or any of that sort of stuff. They'll just think it's cute. No, even they were terrified. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, even if you take away the idea of robots learning to learning to learn on their own and taking over the world and destroying us, which doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, if those robots can dance like that. You'll never get a date. <laughs> they're going to they're going to stack every box that gets stacked in America from here forward. Yes, I, I was and I, drive every truck. As I, Although you don't even need a robot for that. And well, as I tweeted over the break, I said I look at this video and these robots could probably do ninety percent of the jobs I did before I was thirty years old. Those robots could do because I did a lot of mowing lawns and stacking boxes and driving here and doing these sorts of things. And those robots mm-hmm. are going to do those. And you talk about um, a major upsetting to the to the economy to the structure of the world situation well that's what andrew yang who's now running for mayor of new york uh that's what oh is he i didn't know that yeah that's what andrew yang was talking about this is coming and we need to prepare for it well it uh, occurred to me during the commercial break that we'd gotten so uh so wrapped up in discussing uh two-headed two-headed robot dogs with uh with saw paws (laughs) that i forgot to describe The law in North Carolina, which started the whole discussion, uh, the bill that's passed imposes certain limitations on the delivery robots, like mandating they weigh fewer than 500 pounds, move at a speed of less than 10 miles per hour, yield to humans, for now humans, and not carry hazardous materials, among other regulations. Uh, In a statement uh, over email, FedEx spokeswoman said the company appreciated the support of the General Assembly in the passage of the bill, uh, so they have guidelines, et cetera, et cetera. I guess they don't want like 500 pound robots screaming down the sidewalk at 40 miles per hour. And that's probably a sensible precaution. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, there were concerns about how the bill could impact delivery jobs. And who, who who's talking here? Uh, sorry, I, I forgot who Perry is. Well, the history, God, Senator Jim Perry, the history of trying to stop innovation because it will take human jobs is not good. No, no, it's not. It's always been wrong and a, and and a terrible idea at every level. I mean, just except for all kinds now. of different reasons, except for now, right. <laughs> except for this time when those saw paws are coming for your throat. You're going to understand. But at least it can dance and do the twist. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. Uh, Perry said he'd heard some concerns about how the bill could impact delivery jobs, but he said he believed it would ultimately bring in more employment opportunities, creating new jobs to help design and implement the technology across the state. Which has which always is, been true. Which is, yeah, it's true, but if you're a a, a UPS guy, you're going to say, well, I guess I'll become a robot designer. I mean, it's kind of a different skill Right, set. I stacked boxes at UPS, and it paid really well and had unbelievably great benefits. Um... Uh, you're not going to probably go from stacking boxes to designing software. No. No, indeed. Well, where this uh, leads, we don't know. We are uh, seeing a decline in the uh, the birth rate among virtually all of the industrialized nations where technology is taking up. Uh, how, uh, it's eliminating the need for a lot of uh, labor jobs, the need for more humans. In the same way, farm families don't have 12 kids just to help with the work anymore. 
uh, societies are doing that. I, I think we'll adjust, but where it goes, nobody knows. Two races in Georgia yesterday to determine control of the Senate. Democrat won one. The other one is still up in the air. We're going to talk to Gary Dietrich coming up in a little bit. I just want to touch on this at least, as uh, I've been saying, my biggest story is the mutation of the COVID, and I check for that story throughout the day to see what the latest is wherever. Science Magazine out with a headline a few hours ago, viral mutations may cause another very, very bad COVID-19 wave, scientists warn. Coronavirus! Um, also, the Scientist, which is a different publication, said the South African variant alarms scientists the most. I barely know what I'm talking about here, but it's got to do with the spike proteins. The vaccine works on these particular spike proteins. So as long as that doesn't change, we're fine. It spreads faster, and that will kill a hell of a lot more people, but the vaccine will still work. The South African version has had a mutation in the spike proteins, which could actually affect whether or not the vaccine works, and then we're into a different situation. Good God. Now, um, the fact that it spreads faster is way more deadly than if it were a worse disease for a variety of mathematical reasons. But, you know, 99% of us will survive this thing if we get it in its current form. But if everybody got it in the country, you'd lose over 3 million people. Yeah. That's a lot of dead people. Well. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Listen, I'm I'm very proud of the people of Georgia. Uh, What they did last night. Uh, was stunning. When you think about the arc of our history, uh, they are sending uh, an African-American preacher, pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, where Dr. King served, young man um, uh, who is uh, the son of a Jewish uh, immigrant uh, in John Ossoff to the United States Senate. And this at a time in which there are uh, fault lines that are people that certain people are trying to stir up in our country. At a time we can least afford uh, for that kind of division. It is a Republican nightmare because now the chairmanship of every Senate committee, if Purdue doesn't find a way to come back, goes to Democrats. Every nominee that Joe Biden puts up, in theory, is going to get a green light. Is it a Republican nightmare? So you got one race that's called and over the Democrat one, one race that's still up in the air, although one organization has called it for the Democrat. I had been saying yesterday it's not as big a deal to me as it was before. When I thought the House was as solidly in Democratic hands as it was, since Republicans made such a comeback in the big presidential election, and it's so close now, I'm not sure crazy like New Green Deal, Virgin Islands become a state stuff is going to pass. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a bigger deal. I think there will be a certain share of policies we absolutely hate that will become uh, a law, thanks to the loss of one of the Senate seats and maybe the other one in Georgia. Let's talk about that and what it all means with Gary Dietrich, nonpartisan political analyst. You can follow him on Twitter, at Gary Dietrich. Uh, Gary, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. And I will say, you know, we've, we've talked for years, guys, and this this is a unique day in Washington, D.C. I mean, when you think about the fact that the president is supposed to speak here at the top of the hour to rally, you know, dealing with the certification of his own race. And you've got, you know, what now looks to be, looks to be, if you look at the trends and where the big votes uh, have yet to come in in some of the democratically leaning counties, like a complete takeover of all three, uh, you know, levers of power in D.C., you know, it's this is no small potatoes in D.C. today. 
So just in terms of the, the reality, the mechanics of it, if the Democrats win both of these seats and it's 50-50 in the Senate, what does that mean for the government, for folks who don't follow this, you know, uh, closely? Yeah, of course, Joe. Well, it means is, as, uh, you know, some have already indicated that, you know, the the agenda in the Senate, like it already is in the House with Nancy Pelosi, will be set by the Democratic leader, which presumably would Chuck Schumer. He will appoint chairs who will then dictate those things also in every committee. And importantly, guys, I think you've talked about these kind of things so much. Importantly, things like judicial nominees, right, will have a much easier time than they would, for example, in a Republican-controlled Senate. But it won't be a complete melee. And why is that? You've got guys like Joe Manchin, the U.S. senator from West Virginia, a conservative Democrat who's even made noises occasionally about you know, switching to Republican Party, and some have even surmised that Mitch McConnell's already had that phone call today. You know, I think Joe Biden is going to be under tremendous pressure to, as they say, go big with Green New Deal, with all the things that Jack mentioned. But it's not going to be easy sweating in a 50-50 body where you can still use the filibuster and all kinds of procedural techniques to waylay or slow them down. Wow, hang on now. If Joe Manchin switches to the Republican Party, making Mitch McConnell the leader again, you're going to see like a West Virginia Disney World, and there's going to be an airport in every town in West Virginia. <laughs> the streets are going to be paved with gold. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, so that was, a, a, for for the people that barely pay attention, this question is for your 400-level like graduate student people. Is there any chance that it's actually a good thing for people on the right, if the Democrats completely control everything, they've got the burden of coming through on their promises. We've seen this happen yeah, with the know, Republicans before, where you promised you'd end Obamacare. Now you got the power, and you're not. You promised you'd end illegal immigration. Now you got the power, and you're not. What's going on? Uh, that is an outstanding longer-term view. And I longer-term, I mean, let's make no mistake about it, Jeff. The, the midterm elections for next year started today okay they are fully underway and by the way while 2024 has already been brewing with various republicans making noises about running that also starts today so to your point i have been telling people that if there's one thing the republicans really want if they want to turn on the jet packs you know let the democrats not let but watch what happens if they win both of these special elections because now now you know it's for all the marbles and with nancy pelosi with only a 10-seat majority, you've only got to switch six seats of the House, which, by the way, in midterms, you guys know this, you're talking at traditionally, almost universally, double-digit losses by the party in power. Oh, yeah. You know, in a midterm election. So, so Jack, you could easily be talking, easily be talking a complete switch of both the House and the Senate next time around. Just And that's just next year. We're I think that's practically, I think that's practically guaranteed. This was all the Biden won on a big anti-Trump movement. It wasn't because they loved Joe Biden. I think that, uh, yeah. But 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 what what happens over the next two years? That's a lot of time. So Gary, why do you think, uh, presuming that the the races remain the way they appear to be in Georgia, why do you think both Republicans lost? Well, you know, there's going to be so much postmortem about this, Joe. But I I well, think start it. There's going <laughs> to have to be there's going to have to be a lot of close examination. And there will be, no doubt, there'll be a lot of, of voter surveys that are taken. Did the Republican efforts, and let's just call it like it is, did, did Trump's efforts 
to delegitimize the presidential race in Georgia. And most notably, and again, of course, over the weekend with that now notorious hour-long phone call, you know, with the Secretary of State, did that cause enough Republicans to say, well, wait a minute, you're, you're making me confused here. You say our votes didn't count and the whole process was corrupt two months ago, but now you want me to get out and for sure make sure, make sure I cast a vote again? I, I think that is a big question mark looming over what happened in this race, along with the fact that Democrats, you know, Republicans did this as well, but Democrats very effectively cast this of, look, if you want to make your vote that already happened count for anything, you've got to give Joe control of the Senate, too. You know, I think Trump's behavior since the election has turned some people that were pretty hardcore Trump supporters against him. Uh, pundits that I know that um, a couple of people from the National Review, in fact, they've got a headline out today, you know, that Trump ruined, has ruined the Republican Party. A couple of people from National Review that had vote, had had written long pieces on why they still support Trump leading up to Election Day that now say, now this is an embarrassment. This has been a disaster since Election Day. People that have turned against him. You know, there are still the hardcore Trump supporters, and we hear from them all the time, that are still on his side. But Man, he, he he didn't do himself any favors since November, has he? Well, I, I really believe that's probably true. That's why I'm saying we'll we'll know when they really drill down in the in the voter surveys on this. But I think that's probably the case. And importantly, too, Jack, we leave out another important constituency, perhaps not as big in Georgia as other places, but still key in a race is this close, and that's independence. And I think what you're talking about probably impacted them negatively even more. Gary Dietrich is a nonpartisan political analyst. So if, if both of those Republicans who had endorsed and been endorsed by Trump had won, he, I think, still would have been, as I put it in a previous segment, the Wizard of Oz. He would have been the uh, spiritual leader of the Republican Party. Would you agree that at this point, while there is a significant block of Trump loyalist voters, that it's now a mad scramble for leadership? Oh, I think that's absolutely true. And, you know, Trump will have a gigantic megaphone, make no mistake about it, but he will not have any formal power. And that makes a big difference. You know, there, there's going to be eyes turning now to people like, for example, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio. You know, say, like, okay, guys, what are you going to do now? It's time for you guys to take up your arms. What are you going to do to block things in the Senate? What are you going to do to introduce legislation that puts Democrats on the defensive? What are you going to do when budget negotiations come up to really try to force, you know, the the hand that Republicans, conservatives want to see going forward? And the same, by the way, in the House, when you see, you know, Minority Leader McCarthy, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Let's get moving here. Let's start doing what we can do right now in the next 20 months, 22 months between now and those midterms to move our agenda forward. And those are the guys that are going to have the power. Hey, I have one final question uh, for Gary Dietrich. The Democrats, all their leadership is 80. What's going on there? I mean, they've, they've got some pretty serious problems, too. Well, like actuarial <laughs> table problems. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you probably need an insurance expert to answer this question. <laughs> I think there is something to that. And you know what's going to be really interesting, Joe? I mean, there's been a lot of noises that this was Nancy Pelosi's last go around, right? I mean, this is it. I mean, this, okay, we'll put you in one more time, but that's it. But with now the power structure as it is, you know, there's going to be tremendous 
you know, uh, pressure on these septa and octogenarians. Okay, if you lose that, if you lose one or both these chambers for us next time around, it's a wholesale change. You guys are completely history. Wow. You so you look at what we were talking about earlier with, um, you know, the mad scramble on the on the Republican side for for power, and then I think the inevitable, um. Dems lose House and Senate in two years, and then a mad scramble on that side. You, you can see both parties look way different here in a couple of years, which yep. is, I think would be fine by by uh, for a lot of people. I think for virtually everybody. Gary Dietrich is a nonpartisan political analyst. Follow him at Gary Dietrich on the Twitter machine. Gary, it's always enlightening. Thanks, man. Talk to you guys soon. Bye bye. By right. the way, on the age thing, we got this text earlier. Re Biden's age. Who's Biden's 78. Watching my dad age from 76 to 78 was to witness a significant change in life, similar to watching infants become toddlers, which I thought was a really good uh, comparison. Mm. Uh, so the nation has that to consider between now and the election. Um, what's he going to be like five and a half years from now? Um, well, I was going to say that process doesn't slow just because you hit 78, 78 to 80. I have a feeling is fairly similar. Well, my, my, my dad has talked a lot about the difference between 75 and 80, for instance. And my experience with age and his experience with age is it doesn't happen like linear, linearly or gradually like you'd think it was. It seems to like hit you in chunks. Hmm. Like all of a sudden, wow, I'm way older than I was two years ago. Um, and so there, that is a factor. That is not a just kind of a funny thing to talk about. I think that's a serious political issue that is out there. Well, he is going to. It might be the biggest issue. He is going to have almost certainly a major decline between now and the end of his term. They will be hiding him like uh, Reagan late in his second term, but from the beginning of his first term. <laughs> well, they did during the campaign. Yeah, that ain't good, man. No. That is not a good way for a superpower to be led. Interesting stuff to watch, tell you that. Say. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. While the WHO, the World Health Organization, saying some bad things about China just came across the wires. That on the way. For productive segment, wasn't it? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Once Christmas is over, we see our streets flooded with millions of discarded trees ready for landfill. My Little Green Cookbook's 22 delicious recipes with ideas such as Christmas tree cured salmon, spruce flavored ice cream, and Christmas tree alcohol ask that we extend the life of our Christmas tree by celebrating it round the dinner table. There you go. How to eat your Christmas tree rather than just throw it away. Christmas tree and ginger ice cream. Christmas cured fish. Somehow you have your tree involved in your fish. Christmas tree pickles. We've got all the recipes right here in front of me. It seems to be mostly just using the needles as like right. a, a sauce thing. Okay. You still got the bones. So this is kind of an interesting development. The WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, particularly this Tedros guy who's in charge, he covered for the Chinese at the very beginning of this thing. I think it's uh, completely clear to anybody who's paying any attention. Uh, but this is out today. A team tasked with tracing the origins of the coronavirus in Wuhan has been denied entry into China, according to the WHO. 
That's going to hamper their efforts. Director Tedros said today that he was very disappointed that visa clearances had not been issued as two members had already begun their journeys and others were not able to travel at the last minute. So, so they were on their way, and China said, no, you ain't coming in. That settles it, doesn't it? Came out of the lab. Yeah, so that story in the New York New York Magazine, New York, I get New Yorker and New York Magazine mixed up, but I think New York Magazine, about how it came... New Yorker is the one with the er at the end. <laughs> <laughs> On how this was uh, developed in a lab to be as bad as possible to study, not as a weapon, but to study. But they let it get out because they're mm-hmm. sloppy. And uh, now they're not letting the WHO go in and... Uh, and look into that so i find it extraordinary that old dr tedros who's a toady of the chinese as we were discussing yesterday i can't believe he's he's found his voice well he's he's come under a fair amount of pressure since he originally did that so you you don't know what that is yeah um how much time i got michael do i have time for this tale four minutes i got time so yesterday interestingly enough this this came up on the show and then i kind of dealt with it in real life later we're talking about story that happened over christmas break some girl had used the N-word in a TikTok video. Right. Um, a classmate had saved that TikTok video for a couple of years and then finds out she's a- applied to this pretty hard to get into college. He drops the video. She can't get into college. There's That's a, brutal. There, that, is, that, yeah. that ought to be a crime. Well, there's a number of angles to that story that are interesting, but I'm focusing on kind of the tired story of the, the, the N-word. Who gets to use it when and what circumstances? I mean, it's 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 weird to me. Um, this was a white girl who used the N word, but not in a I don't like you, you're a blank, but just <laughs> you know the way kids do with way, what's up, my yeah, friends. Yeah, exactly. Some people do. I I'm never going to. But anyway, so yesterday I'm at the park with my kids. We're playing. My kids are nine and ten. There were other younger kids around too at the park. There are three dudes playing basketball. Um, and uh, because I'm old, I can't tell a 16-year-old from a 20-year-old. They're somewhere <laughs> uh, older high school, younger college age guys. And they're playing basketball. And my kids were kind of watching them because they were they were pretty good. And it was kind of fun to watch. But while we're playing at the playground, and we were playing with the tennis rackets you gave us, actually. And the tennis Excellent. Ball. Yeah, having a good time. And um, then the kids set up a boom box. The, the, the guys playing basketball put on a boom box. Super loud music. And, like... Yeah, I don't know the song, but it was hardcore N-bomb rap. A lot of F-bombs, a lot of S-bombs, a lot of B-bombs, which my kids unfortunately hear coming out of everywhere, but not N-bomb rap. And this mm. was just enter this, enter that, nonstop. Now, the um, and my kids don't know that word, and I'm in no hurry to teach it to them. Because uh, I discussed this yesterday. My kids have become aware that there's something called the N-word. That is the worst of words, but but I it's it's so complicated in trying to figure this out. Um, why do people call it the N word? Well, if you actually say the word and anybody hears it, you will lose your job. Right. Even if I am just describing it for the sake of telling you what the word is. Even if I'm teaching you not to say the word, if I say the word and somebody finds out, I could lose my job. It's happened. It doesn't make any sense, but that's the case. Anyway, these guys are blasting this music with N-bomb, N-bomb, N-bomb. And it's, uh, uh, I, I don't know their races, um, but I'm thinking in a guy from uh, the subcontinent of India, a white guy and a Hispanic guy, I think. But there's a white guy there, and I thought, 
And I live in the kind of town where you can't be a white guy saying the N-word. You would lose your job. I mean, it's definitely that well, kind of town. It's the sort of town where you can't say handicapped. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't use the inappropriate pronoun on, on a person. But so and I was just a little confused by this, and I just didn't want the music, and I finally decided we ought to get out of here. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to say something to those guys. So I walked over there, and I said, dudes, I said, that music's pretty, uh, pretty rough for a bunch of little kids around here in the park. And they kind of just stared at me like, are you talking to us? And I said, that's, that's some pretty hardcore stuff for little kids. I don't think that's appropriate. And the guy said, okay, I get you. And he turned it off, and he gave me the that's, thumbs up, and I gave him the nice. thumbs up, and I walked by. Um, but I thought, I don't know what the rules are on this. There aren't any. The rules are, if you are somebody they would like to take down, and they can take you down, they will take you down. That's the rules. has nothing to do with racism, decorum, good manners, nothing. It's merely a weapon, which is a shame because, you know, it's, it's made it all the harder to talk about real racism. I also taught my kids... I said, you know, there's going to be a time when you do things that annoy adults, I guarantee you, and they're going to come tell you to turn down your music or park your car somewhere else or whatever. And I said, that's the proper way to respond. Just say, okay, gotcha, and uh, and that, that's all there is to it when yeah. you're older and this happens to you. That's nice. I'm but glad you uh, don't live in the sort of place where they shoot you for that. Yeah, yeah. I did have some concern about that, no doubt. Armstrong and Getty.